This is Pac-12 Today on Sirius XM Pac-12 Radio 373. Here's Roxy Bernstein and Adam Rittenberg. As you mentioned, four spring games on tap this weekend. USC, Cal, Arizona, and Arizona State. And noon start to the spring game in Tempe on Pac-12 Arizona as we welcome in Hode Rubino, publisher of devilsdigest.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at Devil's Digest. And Hode, appreciate the time today. Thanks for doing this. Um, your thoughts as you're watching Arizona State get ready for the spring game coming up Saturday. Well, thanks for having me, guys. And uh, I think that uh, just the level of energy, that's really was noticeable from day one of, of spring practice. And I think it really goes back to the introductory press conference that uh, new head coach Kenny Gillingham had on Thanksgiving weekend where uh, he was obviously very emotional, broke down in tears more than once, uh, just uh, really conveying in the most uh, truest of manners how special this job is for him as an Arizona State alumnus. And I just think that that uh, emotion, that commitment level uh, really never wavered uh, from the day he got introduced uh, to, to the media and really to the community all, all throughout spring practice. Uh, we've seen a, just a very invigorated um, team, team culture, a program that absolutely needed a shot in the arm and definitely got it uh, with Kenny Dillingham. And uh, as a beat writer, discovering practice there every day, it's really been fun to witness. Hody, how do you see it from the, the player's side? Because you know, there's always some coaches, maybe it's a strength coach, maybe it's an assistant coach that try to get guys fired up. How, how is it different when it, a lot of it emanates directly from, you know, again, a super young head coach in Kenny Dillingham who looks at this as a dream job? Yeah, as, as cliche as it sounds, uh, when Kenny Dillingham said from day one that nobody's going to work harder and have more fun than us, uh, that really uh, started with, with with the winter workouts. I mean, there was just uh, numerous social media videos uh, where, where you could tell that, um, you know, yeah, folks were working their asses off in, in strength and conditioning, uh, but also having a, a lot of a lot of competition uh, uh, segments uh, throughout those workouts. A lot of those competition segments were actually attended by the coaches. So when you were dividing yeah. out uh, the teams out there, uh, when the competition during workouts, you also have coaches that were assigned to uh, each of each of those teams, and I just feel that that was really uh, uh, essential because you you had quite the melting pot of uh, nearly uh, 50 new faces on the team, and just to bring everybody on the same page uh, from day one really achieved that cohesiveness, probably in a much faster manner than uh, normally does take place. I think uh, just having that really upbeat energy and really having that uh, competitive spirit is something that needs to be established and needed to have some credibility after all the statements that Kenny Dillingham has made. And I think what we saw in the winter workouts definitely has translated over the, over to spring practice. I mean, just to give you guys a quick example, um, there's uh, each and every practice is something that I would, I guess, label the main event. And you would have a WWE uh, announcer uh, come come on the speakers and welcome to the main event. And uh, sure, you could have some uh, typical one-on-one uh, -on -one battles, offensive, defensive line, uh, wide receivers, defensive backs, but you also could have a flip of the script of uh, a wide receiver in coverage, defensive back running a route. You would have uh, coaches kick field goals. You would have uh, players and coaches uh, shoot free throws. So just a, a, lot of, a lot of fun competitive stuff that uh, I just really feel that established 
a team culture that, that was much needed for a program, which, let's face it, really has been dormant for the last couple of years. Speaking of culture, did I see a barefooted Jake Plummer at practice today? <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. Uh, Jake, Jake Plummer is obviously here for the uh, Pats Run event uh, that uh, supports the Pat Tillman Foundation that's going to take place uh, uh, this Saturday. And Jake Plummer, I, I don't think he missed uh, any of those uh, Pats Runs that, uh, that have, uh, have taken place uh, for the last, I don't know, uh, 16, 17 years. And, uh, yeah, he was uh, definitely there barefoot uh, t- talking to the team after practice. And uh, I think that with the head coach like Kenny Gillingham, who really just le- lives and breathes Arizona State, um, to see uh, more and more um, Sun Devil greats at practice, I think is definitely going to be the norm and not the exception. As you evaluate what you've seen on the field this spring, Hode, what would you say are the team's biggest strengths and and maybe the biggest weakness or biggest area of concern at this point? Yeah, I think I've been really impressed with just the uh, the, the playmakers that, that that we do see on offense. And uh, sure, you have on the one hand, uh, you know, proven Pac-12 players like Ted and Jalen, Jalen Conyers and wide receiver Elijah Badger uh, um, coming back. But uh, you also see some um, some new faces that really impress. Uh, Cam, Cam Scadabo, a uh, running back who played at Sacramento State last season and was uh, the offensive uh, uh, player of the year in, in the Big Sky Conference at the FCS level. I think he's a, a running back that showed that he was able to make that uh, transition pretty seamless from the FCS ranks to the Power 5 ranks. Uh, you look at another FCS uh, st- uh, standout last year in Xavier Gilroy. He was a wide receiver in Idaho State. Uh, somebody who I, I personally had uh, pretty high expectations, even though he came from a you know much different level of football, and I, and I'm really really impressed uh, with with what he's he's been able to do. Um, so on offense, I mean, I think that um, everything is really set up quite nicely uh, for this side of the ball to be uh, more explosive, to generate more points. I think offensive line uh, definitely has some question marks, and ASC already has, and will continue to address that in the transfer portal. So. That's uh, one area that um, I'm really curious to see what it all looks like when preseason camp uh, starts in August. On defense, I think the first thing that really just jump, jumps at you is the, is the edge position. I mean, Arizona State was uh, very anemic uh, rushing the quarterback last year. I think they only had um, 11 sacks on the season. And uh, this year, you just see a lot of, uh, a lot of talent uh, from, from the edge position. And uh, just the overall improved play uh, by that front four. And I think that's really going to trickle down uh, really to the rest of the team. If I'm looking at an area of weakness on defense, I would say uh, maybe defensive tackle uh, is one position that I think is showing some promise, but again, uh, maybe going back to the transfer portal and addressing that need uh, is, uh, is an order and also depth overall as a linebacker, even though Arizona state is playing a four five base. Uh, so uh, you don't need, that many linebackers on the field, maybe compared to a lot of other teams out there, I think they would like to maybe uh, enhance the uh, the depth of that position group. Speaking of the transition, Hode, is with the new coaching staff, is Hode Rubino joining us from devilsdigest.com here on Pac-12 today. The only holdover among the coaches from last year is Sean Aguano <laughs> comes back. Uh, Brian Ward comes down from Washington State's the new defensive coordinator. I thought Brian did a really good job at Wazoo. Uh, Bo Baldwin, who has spent time in this conference, former head coach at the FCS level, is going to coach quarterbacks and be the offensive coordinator. But Sean Aguano, 
was the running back coach last year, of course, has his great roots there in the high school football scene in the Phoenix, mm-hmm. Tempe, huge area. Um, served as the interim head coach, comes back. How critical is it for Kenny Dillingham to keep somebody like Sean Iguano on his staff, considering his track record, what he has meant to the football community there in the Valley of the Sun? Yeah, I think, you know, first and foremost, uh, this wasn't um, a uh, pity move, if you will, by Kenny Dillingham, just because of the uh, fine job I felt that Sean Aguano did as interim head coach, really coming into an impossible situation, uh, to, to say the least, in 2022. But Sean Aguano and Kenny Dillingham, just because both of them have very uh, thick roots in the uh, local uh, high school scene, uh, have known each other for years and years. So uh, for Kenny Dillingham to retain Sean Aguano on staff really just was a no-brainer. I mean, they, they know each other well. They consider themselves friends. Uh, they know exactly what they're going to get from each other. So uh, it really was, uh, I, I think, a, a natural move uh, on, on both sides uh, to hire Sean Aguano, for Sean Aguano to agree, agree to stay on board, even though, like, like you said, could be a little weird where an interim head coach of last year now goes back to his original uh, position coach uh, role this year. But uh, Kenny Dillingham made uh, no secret whatsoever that uh, he is going to try where a lot of uh, other head coaches at Arizona State failed, if you want to be honest about it, and really do a much better job recruiting uh, his backyard. And uh, sure, you got other uh, coaches with uh, good local ties like Charlie Ragel, like Jason Mons, like Vizami, but but Sean Aguano is just really just one more bullet in the chamber, if you will, uh, if you're really trying to lock down uh, the best uh, lo- local, local prospects and have them uh, and have them commit to Arizona State. Uh, Sean Aguano uh, is also someone who I think uh, can really uh, establish a, a good pipeline to uh, Polynesian players, whether it's in Hawaii or maybe in the four corner states like like Utah, for example. So uh, re- really having a guy like Sean Aguano who, well, let's face it, uh, has done a great job uh, with uh, running backs here at Arizona State. I mean, look at players like uh, Eno Benjamin or Rashad White, in the NFL, um, Xavier Valade, who I fully believe is going to play on Sundays as well. Uh, he's, a, he's a great position coach in his own right. So now you bring also the recruiting value that uh, he can bring to the table. And uh, I think, again, no-brainer from all uh, perspectives for Sean Aguano to stay uh, on the Arizona State side. Oh, oh you, you, you alluded to Arizona State being active in the portal. And we all know the second window is coming up. I think we'd all agree. I don't know if a team team could possibly be more active than ASU was during the first window you know, in those weeks yeah. after Kenny got hired. I mean, what, like, what else is there left to do? Like how, I mean, in all seriousness, how, how aggressive do you expect them to be in terms of volume or do you think it's going to be more targeted in this second, you know, shorter window after adding, what was it more than 25 players in the first portal window? Yeah, look, I mean, it, it goes without saying that at some point you just really have to just uh, stick with the players um, that you have to some extent um, and not just bring, uh, like you said, on board just, uh, you know, 10, to, uh, 10 15 more players. Um, that's obviously just really going to be impossible. And I think that just the timing of the portal where um, actually it, 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 it starts on the last day of Arizona State's uh, spring practice. So the coaching staff – knows exactly uh, what what they have at, at, at their disposal, where, where they need to get better, where, where are some positions that they really can stay put. So as I mentioned earlier, I think uh, getting one or two more offensive linemen, one or two uh, defensive linemen, but more in the interior rather, rather than on the edge, uh, maybe uh, 
I would say, uh, enhancing the depth at linebacker, maybe enhancing the depth at running back. I think uh, those are the four positions that, that jump uh, jump right at me. But uh, to your point, absolutely, ASU cannot be as aggressive as, as they were before, uh, securing the services of uh, just around 25 or so uh, players, players from the transfer portal. But, uh, you know, Kenny Dillingham is somebody who, who, quite frankly, doesn't really complain about the transfer portal at all. He thinks that, uh, you know, a lot of players that uh, are uh, coming from programs that uh, may, may have been fed, you know, some lies and promises that were never even close to being kept, that now they can see a genuine uh, coach like, like Kenny Dillingham who is not selling them on, on any uh, pie-in-the-sky uh, pie uh, reps or, the, or, or playing time, but just really uh, being as honest as possible with them. Uh, he really uses the transfer portal to his advantage. And, you know, some of the players that I mentioned earlier in our interview, I think, are just uh, great examples of Arizona State really doing their due diligence, uh, scouting, the, scouting the transfer uh, appropriately. And even though they brought, uh, I think, the most transfers among any Power 5 program, but a lot of those transfers uh, just throughout the spring practice, you see are going to be absolute contributors, absolutely mainstays in the respective two deeps. So now for Arizona State to bring probably no more than a handful of, uh, of transfer portals and being uh, very uh, specific in uh, addressing their needs, I think uh, they're, they're definitely capable of doing that. I'm really curious to see how, how they're doing, but how they're going to do in that regard. I'm sorry, but uh, their track record with the transfer portal isn't only uh, just a, a, a quantity, again, being the most of the, among Power, Power 5 teams, but I think the quality of the transfers that they brought in have uh, definitely shined uh, in, in, in spring practice. So I think that um, every ASU fan should be very confident that even now there's much much less areas to, to address where Arizona State is going to be successful in that regard. Well, we'll get to see him on Saturday as the Sun Devils, their spring football game is at noon on Pac-12 Arizona. Coming up, Kenny Dillingham's first spring. will wrap up with their spring game coming up on Saturday. Hode, Appreciate the time as always. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. My pleasure. Hope Rubino, Thanks, publisher of DevilsDigest.com, joining us. Follow him on Twitter at Devils Digest. Take a look at their outlook. The Sun Devils 2023. Kenny Dillingham's first season. The youngest head coach at the FPS level. With Adam Rittenberg, Roxy Bernstein with you. Back 12 today.